We continue our series today, We Get To. We get to, this is week number three, and we wrap it up next Sunday, but, but, but we, are, we, we are sharing some things with you, you know, that we get to be a part of here on earth. The, these are not have-tos. These things that we're talking about and these things you see listed here on the screen are not things you, you have to do. No one's forcing you to do any of these things. But we're trying to, to awaken the church and for us all to understand that it is a privilege to get to be a part of God's rescue mission here on earth. It is a privilege to be able to go to someone and share with them the difference that Jesus can make in someone's life. Has anybody been changed by Jesus? Let me see your hand today. It's a privilege for us, as we talked about last week, to come together to worship corporately. And we talk about you don't have to gather in rooms like this in order to worship, but this is a culmination of how you've been worshiping individually each and every day this week. Amen? That's why I love when you guys come in here because I can sense and I can see that people have been in their, their prayer closet worshiping the Lord throughout the week. I love this house. I love it. But there's something special when I hear Mike James just belting it out in my ear down front, singing his guts out and worshiping the Lord. You see, worship is giving God what he is worthy of. It's, it's giving him our, 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 our thanks and our praise. And just as we say, he, he loves us and he extends mercy to us. And, and when we gather and when we worship him, oh, it's a get to. We get to tell our creator, Lord, thank you for all that you do. Are you with me? And no one's forcing you to. You don't have to tell people about Jesus. You, you, you don't have to worship. And, and, and even today, we're going to talk about we get to serve. But, but I want to start with a couple of questions. I, I posed a couple of questions, a group of leaders in, in our church. And, and, and I want to ask you these questions. First question is this. How do you explain God to someone? You ever thought about that? I mean, we talked about being a part of God's rescue mission. We talked about going out and... But how do you explain God to someone? It's kind of hard sometimes, isn't it? For some of us, you're going, whoa, I didn't know I was supposed to think when I came to church. Come on, bro. I'm supposed to just sit and soak, right? You ever thought about that? How would you begin that conversation of explaining God to someone? And, and look at the next question. How do you show God to someone? Because I, 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 I don't know about you, but, but, but I learn better when, when I can see it. Uh, I, 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 I didn't, I'm not real good with, with like lecture or, or, or sometimes I, it's even hard for me when I read something to, to really ascertain what's being said. And I have to reread it and, and what have you. Show me something. You know, if, if somebody can, can show me how there's a better chance for me to retain what they're trying to share with me, right? But these are big questions. How do you explain God to someone? On the 13th, I'm going to do my best to try to explain to people who God is and what he's all about. But the second question is, how would you show God to someone? We are um, consumed this year here at 1910. We, we, we have a word for the year that we're kind of operating and, and focusing on. Our word for the year, those of you that have been with us, our word for the year is what? Emulate. Emulate. We, we simply believe that if there's anyone that is worthy of us imitating, acting like, thinking like, looking like, 
smelling like, I don't know. If there's anyone that is probably the best model for us to pattern our lives after, it's Jesus Christ. Do you agree with that? I mean, he was the ultimate man. He was a great, the things he said, the way he conducted himself in the midst of difficult times, the, the, the way he honored, the way he was committed. And thank you, my water boy right there. It's high quality, high quality H2O. Somebody named the movie. Water boy, thanks. If we could be like anyone, wouldn't Jesus be our best model? So we've been talking about that since January. How can we look, act, think, behave, drive more like Jesus, right? He's our model. Well, today, I believe that I have just the way. You see, how do you show someone who God is or how would you explain someone to God? I believe through this topic of we get to today, I believe it's a great way for us to answer those questions. Today, I want us to talk about we get to serve. We get to serve. Now, if you've been with us any amount of time here at 1910, you know that we talk a great deal about service. We, we talk about serving a lot. And you will hear us say around here things like this, you're never more like Jesus than when you serve. Or you may hear us say, if you want to go deep, serve someone, right? We talk about service a lot. We, we probably talk about service to the extent that most other churches talk about money. We could flip it if you want to. Now, here's what we believe. We believe that when we're more like Jesus, well, we, the money will take care of itself. Amen? Anyway, we talk about service a great deal. From the very beginning, when we sat out and we're about to celebrate next weekend is our nine-year anniversary as a church. From the very beginning, this idea of service has been a big deal. We, we wanted to be a part of, of planning a church and being a part of a church. I wanted to be a part of a church that, that was not content just to gather on the weekends or midweek. or when, I wanted us to be the church every day of the week in the neighborhoods in which we live, the groups that we belong to, the clubs and organizations that we participate in, the relationships that we... And service has always been one of those big ways that I believe God wanted to show himself off through this church called 1910. From the very beginning in our dreaming and in our seeking God, service has always been one of those things that were distinctives for us. Service is, is for us at 1910, it's a hill to die on. It, it, it's a hill to die on because I believe when we serve, we're showing people who God is. I believe when we serve, we're emulating and we're never more like Jesus than when we do that very thing. Am I making sense this morning or are we still kind of hungover from last night? Don't, don't answer that. I mean, maybe a little tired from last night. Don't answer that. I believe service and it's been a big part of this church from the very beginning. But this is not just the corner market that we at 1910 Church, one of the very first churches that gets the most you know, pub, it, publicity in, in, in scripture, the, the, the Acts church, the early church, right? 
when, when the Holy Spirit descends upon them, they, were, they had several things they were known for in their city. There were several distinctives in which the early church was known for. Now, we were known, if you read anything about that, we were known how, how they loved one another. In fact, there was such a sweetness, there was a, 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 a connectedness within the early church. I mean, think about it. First of all, their lives hung in the balance. They were, they were the minority, and, and, and they were in jeopardy for proclaiming that their Messiah was Jesus, right? But there was a love that they shared for one another. It says that they met together daily in the temple courts, and they met together from house to house. These people just could not get enough of being around one another. I kind of like that. They loved each other. But when you read their story also, you see that, that they loved each other to, to such lengths that, that if they saw someone in their house with need, they would literally sell their possessions, Scripture says, and they would give to others as they had need. That's love. That's big time. You, you, you selling something because you see another family member, spiritual family member in need. That's love. That's what they were known for. But then here's another thing that we know about this early church in Acts. They had a reputation in their city. Not only were they known as people that took care of one another, but they were people that were, they just lived differently. In fact, you'll read comments when you read through the book of Acts as to, hey, those people have been with Jesus. Wouldn't you like to be known as someone who's been with Jesus? Wouldn't you love to be known? Wouldn't that be a, a, a part of, of your DNA, a trademark of yours, your reputation? Is, man, I don't, I don't know what they do for a living, but I can just tell you when I look at them, that man, that woman, they've, they've been with Jesus. These people had that reputation. They were serving people. And in fact, the leaders in their cities began to look to them, say, hey, listen, we, we have a problem with, with, with widows and, 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 and orphans even. And we've seen the way that you guys love each other and take care of people. But the Acts church, the early church, this, this idea of, of, of serving and loving, the early church grew because its people loved and served. You see, service gives us access, not only to places in our community that are in need, but it also gives us access to places of influence. And I could could go on for the next 20 minutes about ways that, that we have groups that have infiltrated key areas within our community and our city that are serving. We could talk about groups meeting with the mayor. We could talk about groups meeting with law enforcement and, and going into to areas of, of, of influence, places not just in need, but places of influence. But service gives us access to that. Listen, 1910. Listen, Christian, you, you, this may not be your church home. Listen, as a believer in Jesus Christ, one that has been the recipient of his love and mercy, let me encourage you. We want to influence our communities in which we live. We want to influence them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you do that, I believe, through service. You know, that word influence, it it, it means it's the capacity to to have an effect on the character or the development or the behavior of someone or something. Some words that are synonymous. When I say we want to influence our communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we want to affect our communities. 
When you influence a community with the gospel of Jesus Christ, you, you, it, that controls those communities. You, you begin to sway the way people think and act and behave. And that oftentimes comes as we serve. We influence people with the gospel. Hey, listen, we get to serve. We get to emulate Jesus in all those various places that he has called you at work. What? Have you ever thought that maybe the job you have, God placed you there to influence it with the gospel? Some of you saying, yeah, that makes sense to me. If you just knew my boss, he needs some Jesus. Am I talking to anybody this morning? My school teacher needs some Jesus, right? Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? Guys, you've been placed where you're placed to influence it with the gospel. And I believe that service is one of those ways in which Jesus works through his people to make himself known. You know, when I was reading scripture a few weeks ago, I shared this with, with that group that I posed the same questions to. I, I, I was reminded that, that it's God's kindness that leads to repentance. It's not the threat of judgment. You know that, right? It's God's kindness that leads people to repentance, not the threat of God's judgment. Now, I have scripture to support that. just want to show you that I'm not just making this stuff up. But it says so in Romans chapter 2. There's only one verse that I have for you today. So don't text me and say, you're so shallow, only one verse. Let's just get this one verse down and I think we're going to be okay. Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says this. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Has God been that to anybody in this house? Has he been kind? Has he been patient? Has he put up with some of your stuff? Absolutely. Both hands in the air right here. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that it's his kindness? Kindness is intended to turn you from your sin. What turns people from their sin? God's what? Not his judgment. Not his yelling. Not his picketing and boycotting or bullhorning people to death. It's his kindness. It's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. That's where, this is where I think some of us in the church, we've missed it. Because we thought if I could just yell louder or jump on a bigger bandwagon or protest more or act like a jerk more in the name of Jesus, that's what's going to... It doesn't work, does it? You ever tried to browbeat somebody with the gospel? You ever tried to bang them over the head with your Bible? I'm saying that it works sometimes, absolutely. But I'm just thinking that this way, this approach, kindness is a much better approach. You see, it's God's kindness, Scripture says, that leads people to repentance. It's in his love that God is kind and he's patient and he does not judge and he does not punish people immediately for their sins. It's his kindness, his softness towards it's In his kindness, it's not softness towards sin, but it's love for sinners. Seeking to provide time for them to change. How many people did it take for you to come to Jesus? 
How many times did it take for you to hear this of Jesus before you said yes to Christ? For most of us in this room, it wasn't the first time we heard about God's love that probably brought us to repentance, was it? But it was a several, uh, several acts, several people, several times of us hearing how much God loves us. Did we not just sing this morning the very words to this verse? Not the same words, but the same thought. That you delight in showing mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. How many of you are thankful for the mercy of God in this house? Aren't you thankful for that? That God does not give us what we deserve, but he loves us despite that. Kindness. You see, here's what I believe in this we get to serve. I believe that good deeds form a great bridge over which the good news can travel. Good deeds form a great bridge over which the good news can travel. Hey, listen, at times people may reject our preaching. At times people may reject our Bible as being the authority. The word of God. At times people may reject our programs. They may even reject our Savior. But I'm just telling you this. Most people will not reject an act of kindness. They will not reject you serving them for the most part. Now they may have a pride issue and they may say no. But I'm just telling you for the most part people liked being served, don't they? Many of you are going to go to a restaurant this afternoon. And, and you're going to expect somebody to come and serve you. You're not going to turn them away and say, oh, no, don't, don't bring me a beverage. No. No, no, don't bring me food. I, I'm going to go in the kitchen. I'll cook it myself. No. We love kindness. We love people that serve us. Someone once said that we've got to earn the right to be heard. Listen, I believe that good deeds form a great bridge over which the good news can travel. Be kind to somebody. Serve somebody. So why do we talk about service a big deal here at 1910? In fact, why are you going to be given an opportunity this morning? Listen, you don't have to just serve in the house. In fact, we, we hope and pray that you're serving throughout the community. Like I said, where God has placed you, where you work, where you go to school. That group of girlfriends or, or guy friends, I started to say boyfriends, but that's just wrong when you say it to dudes, right? Whoever you hang out with, maybe it's, it's a CrossFit group or a running club. I, I, a lady told me, she says, I'm biking with a, a group of other ladies and we're cycling for Jesus. Woo! Um, whatever, wherever God has placed you, serve where he has positioned you already. Serve there. Why do we serve? It's really simple. We just want to show God's love in practical ways. That's why we do it. We're not doing it for self-fame. We're not doing it so anyone will applaud us. We are simply trying to show. So you remember the question I started with? How do you show someone God? Or, hey, how, how do you explain God? I'm telling you, when you serve, when you're kind, when you do acts of good deeds, I'm telling you, you are showing God's love to people. You are. Why do we serve? Let our response just simply be, we just want to show you God's love in a practical way. Amen? Amen. I, I, I read a book several weeks back, and, and it was not a book, an article, excuse me, talking about what separates great leaders from not so great leaders. How many of you lead in some form or fashion? Organization, your home, anybody lead their home? Any men lead their homes? Good. Awesome. Men, everyone, Ryan, you should raise your 
you lead your home. We, we, we're, we're, we're leaders of maybe a sports team or, or whatever. But, but I've been reading this. What, what separates great leaders from not so great leaders? And, and there was one of the points, there was a list of 10. Uh, and, and, and there was one that, 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 that I gravitated to, and it was this. Think we, not me. Think we, not me. You see, when I think we, when I think that I'm a part of the body of Christ, when I think that I'm a larger part of, of something greater than me, that's what's going to separate me from the not-so-great leaders. That it's not about me. Look at your neighbor right now and say, hey, listen, it's not about you. You see, we have a pretty high view of ourselves, don't we? But we need to begin to think we and not me. And here's what this, this author said, and I love this quote. Truly great leaders die to themselves. You want to be a great leader? You die to yourself. Now, I don't know exactly the spirituality of this person writing this article, but it seems like I probably have read something in Scripture that probably supports this very thing here, right? Didn't Jesus say that whoever wants to be first must be Whoever wants to be great among you must become a a slave, right? That's hard. All you parents, I want my kids just to grow up and be a slave. No. It flies in the face of culture. But Jesus said, if you want to be great, you die to yourself. You become last place. You become a slave to all. Jim Collins wrote a book called Good to Great, and, and he, he, he's so, so surprisingly and so famously demonstrated when you read that book. He says that the greatest leaders in the corporate world, they're humble. They're determined, yes, but they're not selfish. You know what? I think Jesus would agree with Jim Collins. They're humble. They're determined, but they're not selfish. You see, they believe in a cause greater than themselves. They serve the organization or cause that they're a part of. They don't expect it to serve them. Uh Uh-oh. They don't expect the organization or the cause that they're a part of to serve them. See, listen, I think that if we want to be great, you have to die to yourself. Every one of you parents have... You prayed as you sent your kids off to school, either this last week or this coming week. You're you're praying for greatness. You're praying your kids have a great year. You don't want them just to slide through and make it. You don't want your kids just to be, be average adults when they grow up. No, you pray for greatness. Listen, church, we get to serve. We get to emulate and be like the greatest person I believe to ever walk the face of the earth. And I believe that it's through us emulating him and being like him. I believe it's through us demonstrating his kindness. I believe that it's through us dying to ourselves and humbling ourselves, lowering ourselves. Our, I believe that people will respond to the good news of Jesus Christ as we serve like him. We get to serve. We get to serve. We've been placed in our communities. To serve our communities. But I'm going to end real quick today, but you've been placed in this church also to serve. Did you know that? In fact, I just want to list several things here real quick of some specific needs that we have here at 1910 and some ways that you can achieve greatness by being a part of and connecting and, and, and signing up 
to serve. We have a connection team. There's some needs there. Connection team are, are, is a group of people that, that, that respond to, to people that visit our church. They, they follow up with them over the course of a couple of months. You make two, two phone calls. You send two emails and, and, and you send one text just over the course of two months. Saying, hey, thank you for coming. Just want to get you connected. Our media team has immediate needs. And aren't you thankful for graphics and lights and things like that? But there's so many things going on during the week. Our media team says, hey, we got some needs here. Concierge. Or is it concierge? I don't know. <laughs> but these are the people that welcome our first-time guests. Do we have any first-time guests here today? Don't raise your hand, but just let me ask you. Did, did you feel welcomed and received? I hope you did. It's this team here. And uh, they, they welcome people. It's worship hosts, helping people find seats. Our kids' first impressions team, getting kids signs to church. Isn't that what it's all about? I mean, we thought about putting Barney in the atrium, but we thought people were better than Barney. But we want to welcome our kids and get them clubhouse storytellers, factory warehouse. Hey, listen, we have a need real quick. Factory warehouse small group leaders. You know, we have a need for that. Adults. You know what, you, you know what Pastor Blake, you know what our, our kids staff told me? We don't need any more youth. We need adults. Hey, adults, you know what's happening? Our youth are out serving you in kids' ministry. I'm just saying that's the truth. That's the truth. And, and that ought to embarrass you a little bit. Because we'll bow up when our son says, Dad, I think I can take you. No, you can't. I'll whoop you, boy. But when it comes to serving the house of Jesus, we dads are like, oh, okay, go ahead, son. You got this. They need help, small group leaders. They don't need any more teenagers. Pastor Blake, thank you for instilling in our students the need to serve. Radiant hospitality and greet. Listen, these are just some ways that we know of right now that you can serve and step out. You get to do these things. You get to. You don't have to. You don't have to. You, you can be one of those not so great Christians. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. And he didn't say it that way. But I think he gave me. Pre- so you can come and just be not so great and just sit. And think that you're better than everyone then what we preachers are supposed to make you feel like a turd, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I believe that most of us desire to be great in the kingdom of God. And it comes through serving. Good deeds, acts of kindness form a great bridge over which the good news can travel. As you serve, you're showing people Jesus. It's all about making a greater difference with the rest of your life. Don't you want to do that? You want to make a greater difference with the rest of your life. Hey, I'm praying that we would awaken to the fact that, hey, we're not called just to sit and sing a few songs week in and week out, and, but there's a greater calling in your life. And guys, I'm not talking about just in this house, although you saw some needs. I'm talking about in our communities as well. Hey, just as we talked about last week about worship when we're together like this ought to be an overflow of what's already been happening during the week. Hey, your, your service in this house ought to be an overflow from the way you're serving in our city. Hey, I'm looking for some folks in Bandera to turn Bandera upside down because of your kindness and your good deeds. Where are you at? Anybody from Bandera here? Awesome. I'm looking for some people in comfort that are willing to change their city for Jesus Christ. Where are you at, comfort? Simply by being good people and serving and meeting needs. Anybody from Kerrville? I know we got one back there in the back. Kerrville, Pipe Creek, where are you at? Pipe Creek, anybody? 
we got any people from Bull Verde, Bergheim? Where you at, San Antonio? Anybody? Yeah. Where you at, Bernie? Yeah. You fill in your city. Here's the deal. We're praying that we would be living for Jesus. Each and every serving people. That's what Jesus would do. Jesus went from city to city, village to village, teaching the good news. He was a rabbi known that was a compassionate rabbi. The woman at the well, he knew everything about me, but he loved me anyway. Come on. Come on. It's compassion. It's the kindness that leads people to repentance. Let's pray together. Can we do that? Father, I want to thank you for just who you are and that you were kind towards me. Lord, you didn't, you, I didn't deserve your love. I didn't deserve your mercy. I deserve judgment. I deserve punishment. But God, you just demonstrated kindness and love and as we sang, mercy towards me. And God, thank you for that. Father, I pray that we would do the same for people around us, that we would understand, God, that if we ever want to achieve greatness in your kingdom, it's going to come through us lowering and humbling ourselves and serving others. Lord, you've placed us in our cities. You've placed us in in our neighborhoods. You've placed us in in places of employment and schools that we attend and clubs that we participate. You've placed us there, God, to influence those of Jesus. God, I pray that we would live for you each and every day, every day moment. And God, you've placed us in a great church. I, I think it's great. Lord, there's some places here that we can serve and, and get involved to, to show people the kindness of Jesus. It's our acts of service. It's our good deeds that, that form a great bridge to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. So God, I pray that we would humble ourselves and that we would find a way to serve in the house as well not so that we could feel better about who we are and the man would say, wow, you're awesome. But no, God, we, we just want to put you on display. We want to thank you, God, for believing in us and giving us the privilege to represent you. We are your ambassadors. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.